We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 222. As Michael K. would say, twos are wild out on the field. What's up, Scott? What's up, man? Uh, it's been a long weekend. It's, it's been a, a fun weekend, but a long weekend when you look at what happened on the baseball field. Mm. We finally saw what, we saw the good game. You know, I'm, we're still undefeated at, at, when we're there as a, as a, uh, a group with the BP crew. 3-0. and uh, But the rest of the, the baseball over the weekend... Um, has been was brutal T- to be frank it was brutal um, it was i but think Saturday you're saying it's been a i think you're you saying it leading off the show with it was a fun weekend a lot of people might be scratching their head i'm sure everyone who came on saturday i personally had a fun you. weekend <laughs> <laughs> but for the people who watched friday night that marathon and then this afternoon sunday afternoon marathon uh, it was rough. A lot of things went wrong. But uh, let's put that aside for a second and talk about the good stuff. The good stuff being the event that we had on Saturday. Like you said, it was cold. It was scary cold, as George Costanza would say. But I had a ton of fun, and we had so much, uh, so many people come out to the dugout for the pregame party. Despite the fact that it was a late night, Friday night, people still showed up bright and early, which was great to see. Yeah, that place was packed. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a, a a lot of conversations with a whole bunch of different people. I mean, a good amount of people, and it was just so much fun talking uh, just to different people and and you know where they where they're from and 
uh, how they, if they listen to the show and, and just talking baseball really. Um, but it was a blast. I really, I really enjoyed that. That's, that's one of my favorite times of the year is when we get together for these big groups and, uh, and we're able to just like meet a whole bunch of Yankee fans who are all as passionate as we are, you know? So that's, uh, that's the beauty about these events is you're bringing a whole bunch of passionate fans together in one place at one time. Unfortunately, it was freaking freezing and mm-hmm. where our seats were the, um, in right field, the sun was not hitting us at all. And uh, so, so we, we, there were people kind of scattered trying to find like glimpses of heat <laughs> so that they could not freeze their ass off. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We ended up uh, moving down a little bit, but it was good. Yeah, if you were only watching on TV this weekend, you might, just looking at the temperature, you're like, yeah, 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 40 is cold, but you're sitting in those stands in the shade. You can't, you can't sit there for very long. You're going to freeze your ass off. We had to find the sun or else we were not going to be able to last the entire game. And that's the reason why the stadium was pretty much only half full the, the entire weekend. Players on the field were playing like, like it was 40 degrees yeah. out. They were, they were playing on their heels. It was, it was ugly in that sense. But, yeah, this first week of April has been rough on the Yankees, rough, rough on the fans for the weather. Uh, it's been a grind. It's baseball is not supposed to be played in, in 30 to 40 degree weather. It's just, it's just not, it's not a game that was made to be played in the cold. It sucks when you play. There's nothing worse when you're a kid. And, and I'm sure everybody who has played baseball in their life has had two things that happen to them and, and they suck getting that one ball in your, in your glove. that doesn't hit the pocket and nails you in the hand when it's 30 degrees out. That's the worst feeling. And then the, the second one is not catching um, a pitch correctly and, you know, uh, having the bat vibrate in your hands, especially when you're a kid and have the metal bats. It's the worst feeling. So baseball is just not one of those sports meant to play. And, you know, we're seeing bad baseball right now, a lot of bad baseball. And I don't want to use it as an excuse, but I'm going to use it as an excuse a little bit because it's just you're not seeing these guys at their best on any side, on either team. Uh, that's right, but that's in cold the thing. Weather. You say, "Oh, it's it's that the the reason the Yankees are struggling is the weather." Well, the Orioles had to play in the same. Weather. I'm not saying that's not the like reason the they're struggling. I'm saying it's a, it's an equalizer. It's a more it's a equal when you have two teams that are drastically different in talent. You have uh, you have the cold weather. I feel like it does serve as a, a bit of an equalizer. Mm, not, I don't, like I don't think it's news. crazy, but uh, we're, I mean, this is the deal. We're, when this, when the, the, the weather starts warming up and we start actually getting in baseball weather, we're going to see this team start to take off. It happens every year. Right. Yeah. Usually, what is, what is uh, the old cliche? The season doesn't start until June 1st, usually? Yeah. And unless yeah, you're more. Masahiro Tanaka in 2017, not till June 30th. So these guys take a little, a little while to get going. It's April, it's April 8th. It's April 9th as people are listening to this right now. We've played, they've played 10 games. They've been a rough 10 games. Pretty much everything has gone wrong in those 10 games. And they're 5-5. Five and five. Yeah. It's a long season. Uh, people are freaking out. And we are going to talk about all the stuff that, all the bad stuff that happened. And we're not going to ignore it. I don't like people who say, you, whenever you react to something negatively, oh, it's early in the season. It's only 10 games. No, that's not fair. I, I'm going to talk about Giancarlo Stanton striking out 50% of the time. He looks like an abomination right now. We have to talk about that. But we also have to put it into perspective and say he is going to snap out of it because he is an MVP player. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, you know, we could get overexcited about, about how a team is doing if they're playing really hot and they're playing really well. But then you go to the other side and you can take it and go very low. But at the end of the day, the team is 5-5 five and five after the, the bad start. Uh, Giancarlo Stan struck out seven, I think seven times over the weekend. Five again today on Sunday we're recording. So it's, you know, it, we're seeing a, 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 bad, a bad start, but it's going to 
it's going to come back. He's a better player. Obviously, we know that. Um, I'm not worried about it. The one thing I am worried about, though, honestly, from this weekend, this is probably the most concerning thing, is where John Sterling go. He's missing. <laughs> Thank you. I was just going to say, so what, what – uh, the real John Sterling might be missing as well. We cannot – Well, confirm. actually, today was when I was driving listening to the broadcast, and it was, uh, it was pretty bad. He literally called an entire play that did not happen. <laughs> he, called, he called the dribbler down the line that was fielded, thrown to second base for an out, went on to the next player, went on to the next batter, and then realized that it was a foul ball. <laughs> well, you got to cut him some slack. He, he called 14 innings on Friday night, and it was another marathon game this afternoon. Plus, it was very cold as we just talked. Cut him some slack. It's early in the season. Then he was, he was also guessing about um, one of the, the pitchers for the Orioles. I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. Like he just guessed at who he it was. was. He, no, he saw him. He's like, oh, that guy's skinny. He's always, they always talk about like skinny guys. Like He's a skinny guy. And he goes, what is he? Uh, what, what do you think, Susan? Uh, I'd say 6'1", 180. I'm, like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, that's not that skinny, first of all. But second of all, okay. Susan's like, um, well, John, he's 6'7", 208. <laughs> Well, oh, it's a little off. Six seven, six seven two zero eight is very skinny, but well, it's tough though. I I don't know what the with the depth perception. He's up that's, in the booth. It's that's tough a, to tell how tall a guy is. That's a humongous difference. That's a big difference. <laughs> oh boy, it was some well, classic Sterling on the radio today. But yeah. yes, he is missing now. The 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 big head that we've had for what three events now. Um, got got both of them got taken into Billy's post game. We went there for some beers. And um, Susan survived. Nobody wanted to kidnap Susan, but somebody stole John. Someone took John from us, and I'm not mad. I'm just asking if you know who took John or if you are the person who took John, please return him. DM me on Twitter. I will not call you out. I just want him back. That's all I ask. I don't know if we're getting him back. Otherwise, we <laughs> and I don't know. I don't really if he if he wound up on the floor of Billy's, maybe in the, maybe in the you don't want it back. Billy's, yeah. I don't want that thing back. Yeah, I think we could we could bring uh, we could bring Big Head John Sterling back in life. Maybe we'll pick mm-hmm. a different picture this time. He was yeah. he was a little a little cold. had had some rosacea from the um from from the <laughs> from the colder weather over the weekend. So I think he's uh, he's he's needing a, a facelift anyway. People love those big heads, though. When I walked into the into the dugout, uh, the like someone saw it immediately and said, "Can I get a picture with John?" Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, you want Susan too?" They're like, "Yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> if, I guess if you have her, I'll I'll take her." Yeah, no, they're but, good. Uh, I'm gonna definitely we're gonna make a whole bunch more for the for the May event. And for that May event, uh, makes if you guys are coming to that event, make signs, make fat heads. Bring a bunch of stuff. We want to make this loud and rowdy. That is what, uh, that's when these things are their most fun, when people are in the stands getting crazy. Yeah, definitely. So May 26th is the next event. Um, that's against the Angels. I mean, we've been asking for Otani. I know that's maybe... Do we maybe... want him now? Do we want him now? <laughs> I still want him. I mean, we still want to see it. That would be awesome to, to watch 12K that game. 12K performance today through yeah. seven. He was perfect that's through six, impressive. wasn't he? Impressive. And he's hitting, he's hitting dingers. He hit one off Kluber a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, I love how the scouts, like three weeks ago, were saying that Otani belongs in Minor A-ball. Leagues. Yeah. And then, boom, he, he, he's uh, the hottest player in baseball, both yeah. pitching, pitching and offensively right now. So give me, give me your best. You know what I mean? Either way, that's going to be a, a fun game to be Trout. Obviously, back in the tri-state, um, Otani coming over. They have some, they have some, uh, some big hitters on the team right now. Upton signed over there, so uh, it's going to be a good game for sure. Hopefully, Otani will be pitching. But May twenty-sixth, the event, the uh, tickets are on sale. Go to the website and pick them up. And we're good, we're doing something different for this uh, for this May event. Um, we're going to incentivize people for bringing their groups in and, and for organizing their groups because 
I, for one, know it, it takes effort and it takes time and it takes your time to go out and organize your friends and get everybody going because usually people drag their ass and are a pain in the ass. I get it. So um, if you bring a group of five or more, you will get, as the organizer, as the captain of your squad, you will get uh, 50% off of your ticket. That's five or, five or more people in your group. If you bring 10 or more people in your group, I will... I will give you a free ticket as the organizer, as the captain of your crew. So um, those are the big two incentives for this May. We're, we're doing it for a, kind of a special for this one. We want to pack it out. We want to make sure there's a lot of people uh, for this particular event. Again, so uh, half off your ticket if you bring a, fi- a crew of five or more. And your ticket is is on Bronx Pinstripes if you bring 10 or more. Um, and yeah, and I know a couple of people have, have already purchased. We had a, a guy who purchased 28 tickets today uh, for that event. I think he's bringing his entire softball team. Uh, so I will, uh, I will, I will definitely get back in touch with him and give him this deal. So uh, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. We already have a, a lot of tickets sold. We have the brewery ahead of time, uh, pregame at the brewery. It's a 7 p.m. game, so uh, it's it's going to be fun. And your first beer is included in your ticket price. I am very much looking forward to that game. It's going to be a longer pregame, so I got sure. pretty, I got pretty sloppy at the pregame, and it was only an hour and a half on Saturday. So I don't know how I'm going to be able to survive <laughs> like a four hour pregame, but but we'll see. Yeah. Well, you got to pace yourself. It's part of the game. Part of the game. And also, people have been asking on Twitter when the August and September events will go on sale. You will have those up this week. It's August 18th. That is the 1998 celebration game. That's going to be a hot ticket. And then our last event of the season is September 15th, which hopefully the Yankees, by that point in the season, are, are cruising into the playoffs. Before we get going, maybe you've heard me talk about the amazing sleep number 360 beds. They're so smart. They respond to your every movement and automatically adjust to you. The great news is Sleep Number is introducing even more of these innovative beds, and their latest smart beds are even more comfortably priced. So many couples disagree on mattress firmness. I know I do, and my wife, she likes it more firm. I like it a little bit more cushy. Sleep Number beds let you choose your ideal firmness on either side, so it's just right for both of you. And even there's an adjustment for snoring. How great is that? Uh, Come in now to see the latest Sleep Number 360 smart beds with an introductory saving up to $300 plus special financing. Just ask the Sleep Number store for details. There are many more than 550 Sleep Number stores. Visit sleepnumber.com slash Bronx to find the store near you. That's sleepnumber.com slash Bronx. As we said a minute ago, everything that could possibly go wrong early in the season for the Yankees has gone wrong. There's been injuries to their starters, injuries to the backups that they called up, and now we're on our our third and fourth string guys. Like The lineup they trotted out there today with Jace Peterson and Ronald Torres and Neil Walker in the cleanup spot. Like When we signed Neil Walker, we were almost like, where the hell is he going to play? Boom, a week and a half into the season, he's batting cleanup. So everything has gone wrong for this team, and they are still 5-5. and So I think... Before we touch on a lot of the negatives that happened over the weekend, that is a positive if you're sitting here Monday morning before this Red Sox series. That is something you can kind of hang your hat on, I think. Well, yeah, the fact that they're, they have played this bad and they're still, you know, I'm, no, no one's going to say that they're out of it or like in a, in a position where it's, it's, uh, you can't bury yourself like that in April. And, and they're playing abysmally and they're still at 500. It's, it's good news. Everybody's talking about the Red Sox too and how they've gotten onto such a hot start, such a great start. Mm. They've also played Tampa twice and they've played Miami. So, yeah. I mean, they've, they've been in Florida and, and then they're, you know, they're playing some games at Fenway, but they're playing horrible teams. So, you know, let's, let's all, we could get excited, or they, their fans and all that could get excited about their hot start too. Look who they've played. So, you know, you got to see who the opponent is as well. 
Shout out to the MLB scheduling that spotted the Red Sox nine games to start the season. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, but they still took care of business. So. Sure, absolutely. And the Yankees took care of business against Tampa to start the, the home the homestand. And then with Baltimore coming in, and we were looking up at the pitching matchups, and we were saying, juicy Yankees. This is juicy for the Yankees. Tanaka versus Kajra on Thursday night. I almost forgot about that game. Tanaka was absolutely cruising. Then he hangs that slider to, to Jones, and that totally changed the momentum of the entire weekend. That almost sent the entire weekend into bizarro land. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he was pitching really well. I mean, he was... When, when he got into that inning, I mean, he looked like he was in complete control. And, and he was. He had, a, he had a shutout going. He was he had his splitter and his slider. Was, everything was, was everything was Everything was down. And yes. he was keeping, keeping them off balance. And, and you know, you, he hung a slider to Jones. Jones is, is still a, a great hitter. Yeah. And he took him deep. It barely got out. Barely over the leap of Stanton in left field. And if, if the Yankees did what they should have done against Andrew Kasher. Now, Kasher's not a bum. But he's better than I think he held him to two hits through six innings. Judge got the solo shot, but that's it. Like you got to score more than a run off Andrew Kashner. So if he had gotten a three, four, five spot off of Kashner, then it, then it's a totally different different vibe, obviously. Well, and Kashner is for sure a, a better pitcher right now. I mean, he when, once he came back from that injury, um, we we saw what he was before in San Diego. He was a great, it was a very good pitcher. Went to Texas, kind of. I don't, I don't know if he's rediscovered himself, but he's a different type of pitcher and. He's still an effective guy. He doesn't. He's not the big strikeout guy he used to be, but he's still an effective pitcher. And and the from the pitching that we've seen in Baltimore over the years, he's for sure an upgrade for that staff. Um, I mean that that staff when you look at it up and down, it does have potential, but that's it. I mean the pet, well, potential they, stops with Chris Tillman, but you know the rest of those guys have some potential, and especially um, with, with the late deals that they made. Well, yeah, Cobb is not even there. Not yet. even playing he, yet. Yeah, but when when you're going up against Tillman and Gosman, two guys the Yankees absolutely murdered last year. Yeah, like it was a bloodbath against the Orioles pitching staff, and it, it didn't happen this weekend. You can say injuries; they don't have their A lineup out there. I get it, but you still have Gardner, you still have Didi, you still have Judge, you still have Stanton. Still, and Neil That's Walker's pretty good. We can stop right there. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Neil Walker's a professional hitter. Like Romine had a great day today. Yeah, <laughs> Romine was the clutchest player player uh, of the day, maybe of the weekend. Yeah, no, Romine was Romine was very good, and he had to uh, to play more than than he normally would. I would I would think because of uh, you know Gary Sanchez had those those cramps, and they're trying to be careful, I guess, and making sure that everything's okay. Um, it's and I'm fine with that, and I'm totally fine. Yeah, with because that. you they, wanted to give uh, Sanchez a couple days. Right, he caught 14 innings. You give him a couple days off. People are saying, "Well, why is Gary not out there again?" It's again, you gotta, you have to remember. Like we, yes, it would have been nice to have Gary Sanchez bat in the lineup on Sunday, but I'd rather have Gary Sanchez for the rest the season. of the season. Yeah, especially with the amount of injuries that have already come down the pipe, yeah, you, you got can handle it. You, you can't gotta, handle another guy. Yeah, you got to make sure that you're, you're coddling this this uh, this situation at most. You know, I I know it was leg cramps, um, but you know maybe they're they're worried that that because it's cramping and that it's 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 close to you know straining or it's close. It was on the edge of doing something. I don't well, know. It could have it also have just, just been because you have 14 you, innings. You've gotten a Charlie horse, horse in your calf before, like you, that. Yeah, it feels it's, like your muscles being ripped out. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's brutal. Um, Got to stay but, hydrated, Gary. You got to you got to you got to start drinking more water in the extra innings. Fourteen innings is a lot to catch, but at the same time, like you, you just got to be careful with the body uh, with, with a guy like that after the amount of injuries that have already hit this team. So that's that's the reason up. I got no problem with uh, Boone holding him out. Friday was a massacre. Sabathia leaves the game with hip soreness. He had an MRI after the game. It didn't really show anything, but they still placed him on the ten day DL. Then we had Brandon Jury leave the game, and and that was a mystery. A mis- for a yeah, while. it was a mysterious exit. 
it's just like he got pinch hit for Torres pinch hits for Drury and everyone's like well what the hell happened to him and then it comes out after the game he's been dealing with migraines and blurry vision for for days <laughs> like you kidding me you try to play try to play major league baseball with blurry vision good luck dude who was uh, there wasn't there somebody out there who had like tunnel vision and then they got glasses and these and all of a sudden it was somebody uh, McCann it was McCann yeah, it was McCann that's right yeah 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 he, he, he was playing with, with the, tunnel vision for he went with the rec specs right yeah who was the who was the player that had vertigo? I don't remember. Uh, I thought trying, it was when you said McCann. I thought I was tongue. thinking both of them, but yeah, it, that, the, okay. both of those things are tough. I mean, obviously, you're trying to hit a baseball coming at you 95 miles an hour, and you can't see it. That's an issue. Of course it is, and and I'm glad it's it's. I mean, glad because this could be something. This like he didn't get a concussion or anything like right. that. He's just dealing with this weird blurry vision, which which is actually uh, concerning because what is, what is causing it? You know, well, he said the the extreme migraines were the were the diagnosis. I mean, I know some people just get them. I, mean, I have people in my family who get them. I don't know really if anything causes it or if it's genetic or whatever, but um, they you, there's bouts of them that come and go. Ever and, heard of uh, Advil? It doesn't work at all. <laughs> None of that works. I'm but, kidding. But some of the uh, but but some of those symptoms can can absolutely linger on, and and I, I would assume that it's, it's a similar. Uh, side effect is like uh, you know when you're dealing with a, a concussion where you have the headaches and the, the vision's not there. Like anything you're, you're messing with your head is is gonna linger on if it's, if it's um you know if it's something that that won't go away like a, a like a migraine. Like migraines are brutal. Any kind of light makes it worse. So I don't know. Hopefully it goes away. And hopefully it's not reoccurring. Because you see this when you see this in a player too. A lot of times you see it reoccurring often. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Tyler Wade leaves the game with a fever and flu-like symptoms. He said he hadn't felt well since Toronto, so yeah, he was hunched happened. over in the dugout, looked like he was vomiting. Yeah, maybe he got some bad food up north of the border or something like that. Like someone someone slipped him something in that Toronto clubhouse. You know, there that there's always something shady going on in that stadium. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're aren't they aren't Canadians supposed to be nice though? You know? Not tor- not Torontoans, Torontoans, Torontoans. I don't know. A person but from Toronto? He's not on the DL. He should be back. I, I guess he uh, he could have gotten in today's game Sunday if they needed him. I think they held him out just to They, they sure. needed him. They needed him. Right. They needed everybody. To uh, make sure that everything is fine. I, I expect him to be in the lineup on, on Tuesday in, in Fenway. Uh, Gary Sanchez, as we just said, left with the, the, calf, the calf cramp or whatever it was. So they... Here are the moves from from everything that happened. Luis Sessa and Domingo Herman were called up. We saw both of those guys pitch over the weekend. Jonathan Holder, mercifully, was sent down. <laughs> Jace Peterson was called up, and he actually was in left field um, on Saturday. Uh, and in, he was in the lineup, too, on Sunday. He's and played then, pretty well, actually, over the weekend. He, he, uh, I don't hate Jace Peterson right now. He's actually been a, been a quality stand-in. He's a warm body. He's been doing well. I mean, there's he's performed when he's in, so I got no, nothing but love for him at this point. <laughs> the jury DL thing, though, is really giving Andujar his his shot at third base. It is, yep, absolutely. And he was he's very aggressive at the plate. You watch him up there; he swings hard. Yeah. He he's not looking to 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 be selective. He's looking to do damage. Right. He had a couple hits. Um, on he had a hit in an RBI on Saturday. He had a he had a big hit at the time. It was a uh. With um, uh, the bases on, loaded, bases loaded, yeah, clear. bases loaded. Sunday in the first inning, you thought, okay, they knocked out right in the first inning. Finally, yeah. this is going to be two thirds of an inning, five yeah. runs, and like finally, we're going to cruise to a victory. It's exactly what the Yankees need to end a tough weekend, and it didn't go as planned. But Anduar did have uh, a nice Saturday and Sunday, which was good to see, and he's going to get his shot until Jury comes back. So, 
Like, I mean, everybody's, we're talking about Drury, uh, the injury hurting, and it does. I mean, it's, it's something that we want, we need him in the lineup. Um, but this is giving Andor the opportunity to say, hey, I, I can't play this position. Um, and, and then, you know, again, we, we talked all offseason, and, and then when they made the, the uh, trade for Drury uh, about flexibility. And if Andor has come up and plays a good third base and uh, is hitting the ball, there's a, there's a very solid chance that, you know, they could do something with him, whether it's uh, going over to first base more often, if it's going, uh, if it's Drury potentially playing second some. I don't think that would happen right now because I still think they see Drury as a long-term third baseman option right now. Um, and that's his best position. But it's it's going to put a lot of different thoughts in Boone and Cashman's mind on how we can keep Anduar up here. So it's really up to him right now to continue to hit and play. And he played good defense today, too. Yeah, he uh, he maybe could have made a play in the first inning of Tanaka's start. It was a hot shot down the line. It didn't come back to bite him because they actually got the guy, I think it was Mancini, rounding rounding third, going to home. They got him at, at the plate. But that's a play that, that Andujar at least needed to block, uh, get in front of. Yeah, and I, you know, I think when you're looking for when you're looking at him, I mean, Drury's already made three errors on the season too. I think maybe even more than that. It was he's three last see, time. I he's seeing triple. He's got yeah, three ground right. balls coming at him. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> it was a couple of them were on the throw. He's throwing to the wrong guy. But you know, if Andujar could come up and and make the routine plays, make the plays that he's supposed to make, you know, nothing fancy. If he if he does that, I think they'd be happy with that. Yeah, just maybe don't try and hit it to the subway tracks every single swing. He does try to hit the ball out of the, out of his. He tries to hit out of his shoes every. He was swing. trying to be the hero in yeah, extra he was. innings, I know. and it's not. It's just that's something a kid needs to learn. Like you don't need to just hit the ball out of the ballpark. Like, and you, it was very obvious that he was trying to do that too. You could tell yeah. he was overswinging. And that's the problem with these extra inning games that everyone was trying to be the hero. Just just manufacture a run. They had so many opportunities, both Friday night and Sunday afternoon, to just manufacture a run, and they couldn't do it. It's extremely frustrating. There's two things in play there. They want to end the game, and they want to get out of the freaking cold. So it was like, I'm just going to take care of this, and, yeah, I'm gonna, well, and we're going to get out of here. Uh, and it just doesn't happen that way. Friday night had everything. It had Buck, Buck Showalter protesting a game. I feel like that's his wet dream is being able to protest a game because he knew he knows about a rule that the umpires didn't. Uh, the way it was explained in that rundown that Stanton and Sanchez were in, because Sanchez was standing on the third base bag and Stanton ran past him, uh, Joseph the catcher tagged Sanchez, which means Sanchez is out, and then tagged Stanton, which meant Stanton is out. And apparently that the umpires missed that rule. Um, the Orioles won the game, so I don't think Buckshaw Walter is going to be really complaining about it. Then later, we had the play at the plate when it looked like the Yankees were going to win. The wild pitch, GD coming home. It bounced right back to Joseph's. It was the perfect bounce. Yeah. Um, the pitcher, um, John, uh, Givens, was on the mound yes. running to home. He caught it in one motion. So it, he did block the plate. Right. Didi never reached home plate. He slid hands first, which was stupid. Probably should have slid feet first. He slid head first, never reached the plate. As a catcher, you're not allowed to do that. And the way the rule is written, it says catcher. It doesn't say pitcher or player. Player, it says catcher. Which is another issue, I think, with that rule. It's it's too... Uh, it, it doesn't... It's, over, it's open for interpretation quite... It, like, very much... There's a huge... Uh, room for for an umpire to make a decision on that 
on that on that call on that call itself with a, a position player or a pitcher um, making that play. It's I don't like it. Now that I've read the rule after this play, I went back and read everything. <laughs> I don't like the way it it reads because there's still the whole point of this is to protect the player, right? The runner. That's that was the or, and it, the catcher at that point. So there's no the collision. Buster, it's the Buster Posey rule, right? But it's to protect the players. So when you have this 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 uh, little loophole where he can slide into the play to catch it, and yes, he did do it in one motion. Could he have a, uh, not slid to catch the ball? Maybe, but I don't think the, so. the interpretation of the the play and the whether it's a blockage of the plate or it's just part of the play is the umpire has to determine whether or not the the pitcher or whomever was making the play on the ball was was uh, going out of his way to catch it and block the plate at the same time. If the play is happening naturally and he's blocking the plate to get to the ball, then to the discretion of the umpire that can be left alone and the the runner could then be out if if that was the call in the field and that's what happened so do you think the umps got it right i think it's so bang bang on that particular play and when you go back and look at the replay the only that's the only time you can see that yes he clearly was there before the ball was there but it was so bang bang that he caught the ball and and slid in front of Didi in one motion right. um and to the naked eye it, it, he was there at the same time um, so I didn't really, after I looked at it, read the rule, I didn't have a problem with it as much. Um, but I think the rule is flawed in the way that they do it. Because, you know, if Didi's sliding in head first, he's, he's assuming a, a tag is going to be made, right? He's trying to avoid a tag at that point, not a body being in front of him. Because he's still supposed to have a clear path to the home, to home plate. And he did not have that. Well, I think it's also tough as a player when you're running. And I think we see Gardner do this too a lot of times into first base. You think that you're going to get there faster by diving first and it, you almost might feel like you're losing momentum if you try and go feet first D- I, halfway down the line I thought there's no chance they get Didi at the plate and it all sort of materialized last minute and I think Didi probably just dove to grab the plate that was his instinct instinctually was, yeah they go ahead first it was the wrong thing to do if he slides feet first I think the same thing happens right maybe Givens gets a, a nice spike on his ass yeah but but I think Didi's probably still out yeah, no, he. I mean, he is. He's out. He blocked the plate completely. Blocked the plate. It's. I mean, it was a look. You look at the the play on the other side of it, on the Orioles side. The ball came right back to Joseph. He made an outstanding flip, backhand flip, to uh, to give it coming to home plate. He made a great play on the ball. It, all around execution wise on the Orioles side, it was a great play. It really was. Um, and when you look at the replay, I mean, it was like it was it was perfect. Uh, the problem is is the interpretation of that rule, and that's why I, I think it was a good challenge as well. I'm glad that Boone challenged it because when you're watching it and you're seeing it, because the rule itself is vague and open for interpretation, you absolutely have to challenge that because he did block the plate. I knew they weren't going to overturn it though. I think I, I didn't think they were going to. It was more, too bang bang. Unless the rule, more, yeah. Unless the rule read differently. But when I got, went back and read the rule during the middle of that, I saw I'm like they're they're not going to overturn this at that point. Right. Uh, Judge also robbed the home run um, in the 13th inning. Holder for a, a short time was saved from Judge robbing the home run. You figured after that, the Yankees have all the momentum. Didi came up clutch in the eighth inning with another game tying home run. Uh, so many things happened in this game where you, you thought the Yankees were going to take the game, and it never happened. Uh, no, they couldn't turn the corner. You, the, after the DD, after the Judge Rob, and as much as we crushed the fans for not going after uh, Carlos Gomez when he was in right field and trying to catch a ball, thank you for, for staying away from Judge and letting him do his thing. Apparently everybody just backs off in, in right field, um, no matter who's there. But I'm glad they did that and let him do it because that was a great catch. 
And I think you tweeted this out. He was uh, he's he literally meant to to steal balls from that from that side oh, of the field. He's the perfect height because yeah, the yeah. wall, <clears throat> the old Yankee Stadium had a little bit higher right field wall. The new one, like the wall and Judge, it's the same height. He he barely leaps and his arm is three feet over the thing. It's it's perfect. Yeah, it really is. And then no Didi, one wanted to. You think Didi's gonna? You know that's that's the momentum changer and just couldn't finish the job. Yeah, Didi's getting so much love from the fans. I think everyone at the stadium is finally recognizing. How uh, how clutch he has been for for two years at this point. Every time he came up uh, throughout the entire weekend, the fans thought something great was going to happen. Yeah, and it's the exact opposite of how they're treating Stanton right now. Right. Well, Stanton's the new guy. You got to prove yourself. Everybody knows that. Once you get into the pinstripes, you got to prove yourself. And you got to prove yourself at home too. Yes, he 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 came out with a bang um, in Toronto with those two home runs. But until you start doing some stuff in front of the the home crowd. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're going to get on you. And again, you know, go back to his press conference or not his press conference, but when they were interviewing him at the locker, he, he expects it. Like if, if I'm bad, you're going to boo me. I deserve it is what he said. This um, is the next level bad though. <laughs> it's, it's getting bad. Yeah. It, it's not getting bad. It's bad. And when you strike out five times in two different games in a week, it's an issue. It's a big issue. It's never happened. That's yeah. never happened in the history of baseball. And it's only the first week of April and he's already done it twice. Yeah. But again, like we said at the top of the show, He's going to be just fine. He's going to get into his groove. He's going to find his comfort at the plate. The weather's going to warm up a little bit for him, and he's going to be good. So Yeah, we I, actually I got no, had, I got no, no, no we had, with that. We had a stat posted by Matt Krantz in our Facebook group that said exactly what you just said. Stanton's gone through this before. So there was a stretch um, last April where he went 5 for 32, which is a 156 average with 14 strikeouts. And then in 2016, he had that infamous 0 for 17 slump and he struck out 15 of the 17 times Ooh. so he's striking out 49 percent of the time so far only batting uh buck 67 he has the three home runs but those three home runs are not what you remember at this point he ended the game uh with a strikeout after that embarrassing bases loaded nobody out they couldn't get a run home judge with the tapper back to the mound is the worst thing he could have done and then stanton with the strikeout you knew stanton wasn't going to come through there he's just He's too lost at the plate right now. Earlier in the game, Judge was intentionally walked to get to Stanton. I bet that's never <laughs> happened to Stanton before. Right. So he is he is being definitely mentally tested, I think. Oh, definitely. He's definitely getting mentally tested. Especially when, when you see guys around him like Didi who, who are just cleaning up the garbage, as he says so eloquently, um, cleaning up his own garbage. But yeah, there's a lot of guys hitting around him. Uh, he's got to start producing. So shout out to Matt, by the way, uh, for that stat. He was actually at the game with his father. And we also had a question from Twitter from Derek at D underscore Rowan. And he asks, should Stanton be moved down in the order or no. moved in the lineup in general? Yeah. What about what about bumping him up to number two? Maybe he's. Oh, well, yeah. Let's get him more at bats. Let's get him more. I, at I don't know. Maybe maybe a couple. He's the thing is he's getting decent pitches I think to hit. It's just I don't I don't think the pitching is a, yeah he he's still he's got protection all around him especially with what Didi's doing he's uh, I know and I don't think you bring him you know, send him down either look he's uh, again he's the MVP of the National League the reigning MVP of the National League you don't move that guy down you just don't he's going through a slump you have to deal with some the, in baseball slumps happen all the freaking time you if you hit the ball one out of three times uh, for your career you're in the Hall of Fame that means you're failing two thirds of the time these these guys are going to go through these big slumps baseball is a, is a game that when you hit a bad slump it could go for a long time. And unfortunately, that's what we're seeing. And unfortunately, it's at the beginning of his Yankees career. He right, will get out of it. Thank you that you stole the words out of my mouth. If this happened in July, 
people would get over it. Look what happened yeah. to to Judge last year in in July and August. He got off to such a hot start, so it wasn't magnified. But if Judge had the slump he had in late July and early April last year, who knows? He might have been sent back down to the minors. So it's it's a lot of it is timing. And another thing is like the the, the order, the heart of this order, which we think is going to be. One of the best in baseball. It is going to be. We don't think it is going to be one of the best. It, no one's clicking. So Judge has been solid. He's batting 289. He had a stretch of uh, uh, straight RBI games dating back to last year, 14 straight home games with an RBI. He has a couple home runs. I think Judge has been overall solid. Yeah. As we just said, Stanton's lost. Didi's been on fire, batting 375. His OPS is up over 1,400. He's walking more. He already has nine walks. He didn't have nine walks until July of last year. So yeah. the challenge that Boone set out to him early in the season saying be more patient has paid off. Uh, and Sanchez is now banged up a little bit, but he's also been lost at the plate. He's batting 063. So you've got guys not picking up other guys because they're batting 063. Didi's good, but he's got no protection behind him. Stanton's lost at the plate. So it's just a it's just a jumbled mess at this point. Yes. They will be fine. Everything will be everything. The the sky is not falling. And I think it's funny when you when you listen to like uh you know, whatever uh, general baseball shows too, or or people talking about the uh, the Stanton coming over and and I've I've heard I've heard from other the uh, you know team shows and other baseball shows about oh my God what a disaster Stanton is for the Yankees he, this dude is just a, a horrible player I get text messages from friends oh great pickup you're stupid you guys are a bunch of morons if you're judging anything right now uh, based on what he's doing for for the first two weeks of baseball get over and- it he's gonna be fine. And I'm happy they're going on the road. Maybe I'm not happy they have to go into Boston, who's very hot right now, but I'm happy that Stanton's going to be able to get away from the Bronx for a little bit. Again, they're very hot right now, but put that into perspective. They're very hot against the Rays and the fucking freaking Marlins. No, I understand that, but, is it, but the Yankees are not hot right now, and yeah. the Yankees are banged up, and the, and the Red Sox are hot right yeah, now. Yeah, they're feeling they keep, good. Right. They keep coming back in games. I know Bogarts went down with an injury today. We don't know how – at least I don't know how serious it is. Um, I'm not – not really too concerned what's going on with Bogarts at this point. But the Red Sox are feeling good. The Yankees are cannot be feeling good after that weekend. There's no way they can be feeling good on that bus ride or train ride or whatever they're doing up to up to Boston. <laughs> no, it's uh, for sure not. But at least they get a day off on Monday. Uh, clear the heads. Hopefully get some... Uh, some healing done. Let's go get some massages. Get those cramps worked out. Get it, make sure everybody's uh, who is still alive, uh, nice and healthy for for Tuesday because it's a you know it's an early big series, but it's a big series. Every every series against the Red Sox this year is going to be a big series yeah. because we think that's the team they're going to have to beat to win the division. Right. And tiebreakers are going to come to a play if you look at what the Yankees and the Red Sox have done over the last what twenty years or whatever it's th- that crazy statistic was. Uh, I think at the in two thousand seventeen or at the end of two thousand sixteen, I forget when when I saw it, but their their record was almost like was a uh, it was split. It was a five hundred record. Oh um, yeah, even even some of those years when the Yankees were trotting out really embarrassing lineups, they still yeah. played pretty near five hundred against the Red Sox so and vice versa. And that's why you have to that's why you have to make sure that when you're playing this team, uh, because of you know what happens at the end of the season, how close everything is, and what we expect, these games are all big, very big. What do you think of Stanton, his play in left field? He's getting a lot of time out there because of the injuries. He actually made a really nice play on Thursday in the left field corner. So maybe he looked like a disaster in left field in spring training, but since the regular season has started, he's been fine. Yeah. I don't think he's cost them anything out there. 
No, I don't think so. Any, uh, I don't think so either. I think that he's been uh, he's been pretty. And, and you know, he was actually thrown into a left field at Yankee Stadium when we talked about this. He's, this wasn't the plan. The plan wasn't for him to go out and play left field at Yankee Stadium. But circumstances played into this, and he had to go do it. And I thought I think he's been fine out there. I think he's been uh, you know pretty good. And he made a, a nice play today uh, in right field. But I mean, he's he's a good defender. He just there's a there's a comfort level when you switch positions, especially at Yankee Stadium. Is it even a, a bigger adjustment and comfort level to get to? Uh, because it is such a uh, a big area to cover. I was actually um, thinking about this over the weekend, and I actually think I talked with somebody about it at, at the dugout. It's interesting that Judge really, they never really experimented with Judge in left field. I know he got the, the minor league time in spring training, but this almost seems like a Jeter-Arod situation where it was Jeter's turf, so Jeter was not moving out of shortstop. Right. It was Judge's turf, he is not moving out of right field. Yeah, and I agree with the way they did it. I, I think it's a, I think it's a move that they should have done. I think Judge is the right fielder. He, I mean, he literally has a freaking place in right field stands named after him. You can't move him out of there. That it's literally <laughs> so there. You think, you think the marketing came? I think play, part right? of it. I'm telling you, I think this was this was this was a Yankees thing. Like this guy came out had a ridiculous year. Um, he's been in the system. Yeah, it's it's his it's his uh it's his spot at this point. I mean, yeah, we saw uh, Stanton play right field today, but. But it doesn't mean he's not going to play in there. He's still going to play out there uh, occasionally when Judge needs a day off or a, a day at DH. Uh, but primarily, I think when Judge is in the field, we're going to see him in right field. I think it's also good the Yankees are going on the road for Boone to get away from Yankee Stadium. I, oh, yeah. I was, for Boone to go to Boston? It's even better. Uh, well, well, Boone slept at, at the stadium in his office apparently on, on Friday night. Uh I think he's he might be feeling the stress a little bit. <laughs> he's making some questionable decisions out there. I'm not ready to fire him. I can still criticize him, though. And I think a lot of people, at least a lot of the people I'm seeing on Twitter, which might not be the best judge because Twitter can be accessible, people are getting tired of Boone's weird, I'm going to call them weird, weird bullpen decisions. So the one overwhelming trend that I've seen so far that I will that I will go out there and, and think that this is going to be a thing all year long is that he definitely lets guys go longer than we've ever seen. Um, he he lets individuals extend their performances in the bullpen much longer than Girardi ever did, ever did. So that is definitely going to be, it's new to the eyes. Uh, and it's something that we're going to have to, I think, get used to because it seems like it's, he hasn't done it with one or two guys. He's done it with a lot of guys. Yep. You're starting, you saw Kane Lee go out there and throw how many pitches? 50? Four, 48 40, pitches. 48 pitches. You saw today it backfired, but Germain go out there. And I know he um, he's probably going to be a starter, but and so he stretched out, ready to go. But he brought him out for a third inning that, I think a lot of people would have said, okay, good job. You did your two. Don't come back out. We in a one-run game. In a one-run game. the fact that it was a one-run game, it was a, it's a problem. because, I, And you had – Green didn't pitch today. He was unavailable for whatever reason. I don't know why. But you had arrested Batances and arrested Chapman and what I thought was arrested Green. D-Rob ended up pitching as well. Uh, Warren pitched, even though Warren's been been pretty bad. You had nine outs to get. I do not want to send Herman out there again in a one-run game. Send Batances out there. He's stretching, guys, right? get See if Batances and Chapman can get you nine outs. Do not, in that point, push Herman. He just got called up. I, I just think he is he's not pushing the right buttons yet. I agree. And, you know, throughout the entire game today, too, I think their first clean one, two, three inning was when Chapman came in um, in the ninth. And 
that was their only clean inning. Every other inning had something going on. I mean, Montgomery gave up well, like 10 or 12 hits. He was giving up a lot of hard hit uh, ground balls. 12, I, I believe the number was 12 out of the 23 batters he faced reached base. Okay. So awesome. there, there were a lot of hits. And I know he, like his last outing, we talked about how he was getting those timely ground balls for double plays. He did that again today. Couldn't get past the uh, past the fifth inning, uh, but there were a lot of guys getting on base, a lot of guys getting hits, finding holes on him. So you see Jermon going in there. He didn't have a, a clean inning or, or two clean innings. He had guys on base, and then you're sending him out for that third inning. I, I agree. I, I think that was a you're pushing him too much at that point, especially when you have other guys. I don't know why Chad Green was was not available, considering he was he did not pitch on Saturday, correct? Um, no, he did not pitch on Saturday. Pitch and he on... pitched back-to-back days on Thursday, Friday, and he right. pitched a lot. Then he had Saturday off, but now that means he's having three days off. Right, because we have an off day to Monday. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was uh, interesting uh, why he was not ready to go. So are we leading to the same that like, you, you're going to see these guys pitch longer on, on a particular outing but then not be available as often? I don't like that. Well, if, I don't, if that's, I don't if like... that's something that we're going to see trending. It's it's he is willing to push guys, but I don't yeah. think he's doing it at the right time because Chapman had such an easy ninth inning and then didn't come back out for the tenth. Like if you're gonna push guys and tomorrow's an off day, why not have Chapman throw a little bit? I'm more? totally fine with not bringing Chapman back out though. For okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, when fine. when you're especially because Chapman is Chapman at this point, like you're early in the season, cold weather. Uh-uh, I'm not I'm not sitting him down and bringing him back out. Okay, fine. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. What about Shreve? Shreve actually looked really good and has looked really good all season. I believe he has not allowed an earned run in four innings. Yep. He only pitched one inning today. And at that point, you're already in extra innings. After Chase and Shreve, you've got D-Rob, who pitched the day before, had to clean up Adam Warren's mess. And then after D-Rob, you had to bring in Adam Warren, who has been a shit show. Well, I, I think it's it's easy to, to see who has come in after the fact that the Yankees didn't end the game, too. But Because when you're at home like that and you're in extra innings, you're just trying to get to the bottom half of that inning, right? So you want to throw your best guys out at that point. Uh, and and so he was thinking between Shreve and D-Rob. Like, I don't have a problem there either because you, you have more confidence in D-Rob, uh, theoretically, at that point, And you're just trying to get to the bottom half so you can end the game because that's what you're trying to do. You have confidence in your offense, right? So I don't know. It's hard to criticize those moves at, at all for me. Um but he, he, I, I think the, the overwhelming bottom line, and you hit it earlier, is that he's just not pushing the right buttons at the right times with the right guys. And we're seeing that. I think early on we were saying, oh, he's, we saw um, Kinley go back out the first week in Toronto, go back out for a second. We're like, oh, my God, he's bringing it back out because he's pitching well. This is awesome. And then he just kept doing it with guys, and then guys were getting shelled. So with Domingo Herman and, yeah. and with Jonathan Holder, and it's like, well, maybe maybe pick your spots here, Boone. And I think that's something he can learn. Absolutely, it's he's going to get more comfortable with. He's going to um, see how guys are progressing throughout the year. And let's also not forget, we we do have a mailbag question about the bullpen, but the bullpen has been worked. Mm-hmm. Not only with extra inning games, but starters leaving early because of injury or ineffectiveness. Like this bullpen is being pushed to its damn limit. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of pitches being thrown by the starters, and they're not going deep into games, and that's a problem, especially when it happens uh, quite often. Uh, Jordan Montgomery again today, like not getting not getting into four plus. Um, he got into the, fifth, the fifth, inning. fifth inning. Yeah, he, he he got into the fifth inning though, but then they the game ended up going twelve. It's, it's like, just it's funny when we talk about like him going into the fifth inning is like oh that's a good thing. It's just it's crazy how no that's expect- not a good thing. I know, but you expectations had five, have you changed. Were spotted so a five much. run lead. Montgomery was spotted a five run lead, and he had absolutely nothing out there. He was. He was grinding. He was yeah. putting he was guys bad. on base. Half the guys he faced today reached base. More than half. 
it's it's a miracle there were not more runs given up. Absolutely. Um, I just think there's an expectation now when you're talking about starting pitchers, not you personally, but in general, in baseball, talking about starting pitchers going to five or six, and you're like, oh, he got to six, yay. I don't know. It's just there's the expectations are so much lower now with where they have to go uh, as far as depth. And because there's so many guys in the bullpen that are effective, I just hope that it doesn't become a crutch for Boone and saying, okay, well, I got these guys, and then him have such an easy – uh, a quick trigger, or set an expectation with a guy early in the game that we don't even know about. I don't know what a conversation with with, with Boone and Montgomery are, but you know if he's using that as a crush and say, "Hey, hey, Monty, we just want you to get through five. Like, I don't want that to be an expectation for any of these guys because they have this quote great bullpen. Um, I don't want it to be used as a crutch, and I could see how it could be early on because he knows who these guys are. The problem is we're seeing him feel out his players and not understand totally what their capabilities are, I think. And and that is one of the biggest things when you have a new manager, one, a new manager to the Yankees and this team, but a new manager overall ever in general, like never managed a game in, in his life ever. Uh, those are things that are going to be learned behaviors. You're going to have to feel out your guys. It takes, it's going to take time. Yeah. It, ha- it has to take time. And, yeah. and things have not been easy for Boone just from all of the injuries. Like he's had to not only uh, has new guys on the 25-man roster, but now there's a handful of guys on the 25-man roster that did, he didn't even probably ever expect to have to see in the big leagues this year. Like Jace Peterson was not expected to be relied upon. Right. Uh, Billy McKinney, as much as we love Billy McKinney, I mean, he went down. It's just so many things have happened where he's had to go to plans B, plan C. They're on like plan X at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's definitely getting thrown some shit right now. But right. the other thing about the pitching, I, I'm, as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking more in my head. Well, Larry Rothschild is sitting right next to him at that point. Like that, that yep. learning curve for each player should be a lot less when you have Rothschild who knows all of these guys. Well, um, then speak up, speak it, up, Larry. It, it, like, tell yeah, Boone I wonder, what to do. Uh, that's that's where I'm, what I'm wondering now. I'm wondering, you know, what's the communication now between Boone and Rothschild? How much are they talking about guys and their limitations and and how they can be used better? Or maybe this is I'm going off a of freaking deep end here, but maybe this is Rothschild. Who, who didn't agree with a lot of things that, that Girardi did last year. And it's like, maybe he's the one saying, hey, this guy wasn't pushed very much under Girardi. He can actually go longer than this. <laughs> so maybe this well, is more of an influence on, uh, on Boone of Rothschild saying certain things. I'm very curious on how that relationship's going uh, thus far. Uh, the, we talked about this, I think it was towards the end of 2015 or, or something like that. Uh, Girardi, were, like baseball, um, I, was, uh, I forget what. Sabermetrics website, but they rated Girardi one of the highest bullpen managers in the league. Right. Yeah, I know. We saw that. We're like, what in the hell are they talking about? It's a. Uh, it's you know when you're when you're watching the games with your eyeballs and you're seeing the things that that you see with certain guys that look like they're ready to go and continue to keep pitching, and then you get pulled out. You know, the metrics don't pick up on that stuff. You've received the fire Boone hire Girardi tweets because I have. Yeah, they're. they're I mean, I ignore them though. They're ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Uh, quick uh, injury updates so, and roster updates. Trace Thompson, Clay Thompson's brother, is no longer a New York Yankee. That, that, uh, that, was, a fun, that was a fun ride. Also, Clint Frazier is making progress, and he has um, been dealing with those concussion symptoms since early in spring training. He played a sim game on April 5th. The next steps for him are to play actual minor league games. Our guy Ben Heller went down and had Tommy John surgery. Um, that sucks for Heller. And then this one, I saw this today. Bird was in the clubhouse talking about the bone spur in his ankle, said he was dealing with it all of spring, and he just didn't tell anybody. And he was trying to just see if it went away. So, 
And this is something they they were talking when I was listening to the broadcast. And I, I mean, who knows if John and Susan were telling me the truth, but I'll just tell you what they told me. Um, is that they did see this? They saw the the issue, the sliver that I, I keep. It keeps being called a sliver at some point, uh, which is weird. But they saw it at the end of last year, and it, it wasn't an issue at that point. And obviously, it became an issue. I just hope that these like this it doesn't keep happening. Like they say that this last surgery took care of it. That was it. I know they said that about the last one too, but this one really took care of it. Everybody's very happy. Doesn't think it's going to be a problem anymore. I just hope these slivers don't keep coming back like new slivers that they haven't seen before. It's weird. It's like, I picture it, you know, like string cheese. Yeah. Yeah. It's just his ankle is string cheese and it's slowly being peeled back. Yeah. Or like it Pretty just grinds just down and like something new pops ankle. out. Yeah. It's strange. Next, the next, the next surgery that's, we need a, a prosthetic ankle. If those I mean, that's coming. I mean, technology is going to a point where all of our professional athletes are just going to be robots. Yeah. I mean, it'll be better. We won't have to deal with injuries. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, so we got this Red Sox series coming up. Maybe people are looking for tickets up at Fenway. <laughs> Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every uh, type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, and they are fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've used SeatGeek a number of times. Most recently, I used it. I think I told people last time I did this ad that I took I took the lovely lady out for a nice night of theater. Oh. Uh, that yeah, and, Classing uh, it up. That was good because she's had to deal with a lot of me screaming at the TV screen this weekend. And, and, and that's uh, not going to end. <laughs> being a drunk idiot at the, at the Yankees game over the weekend. So every now and again, I got to fire up SeatGeek, get, uh, get some nice Broadway tickets. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. It saves you time and money by searching millions of ticket sites to compare prices to find amazing deals. And, to get the, uh, and for you to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Here's what to do if you want to use it. Our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BRONX. Again, that is $20 off by entering the promo code BRONX. So as I said, the Yankees are heading up to Boston. They are hot. They've been coming back in games. The Yankees have been blowing leads. The probable pitching matchup, Severino versus Chris Sale, ace versus ace on Tuesday. That should be fun. Tanaka versus David Price, and then the, uh, the TBD game because CC was supposed to pitch versus Rick uh, Porcello Mushroom on, on Thursday. I looked up some stats here uh, just about these matchups, and surprise, surprise, Sale's good and is good against everybody. Yeah, no, he is. And uh, the Yankees found ways to beat him last year. If you look at the record against Chris Sale, it's deceiving because the Yankees won, I believe, every game. They, uh, no, they four and one. It was four and one. They, they lost one. But they had a, a, good, um, a, a good record against him. The, it was the, classic. The deceiving um, thing was the other pitcher was, the, the Yankees pitcher was matching him every single time. It was time. like late 90s Pedro matchups yeah. all over again where Pedro would shut you down for seven innings, but you'd, you'd grind away, you'd scratch a run off of him, you'd get him out of the game, and then the Yankees would win the game three to two because their other, their other starter, um, their bullpen, their offense stepped up at the right time. That's exactly what you saw happen with the Yankees last year against Chris Sale. No one's expecting you to go out there and bash Sale for five runs in two innings. That's not going to happen. But you grind out wins against them, and that's what they did. 
And I'm looking forward to Severino uh, going up against him early on. Severino has looked phenomenal. His confidence is oozing. This guy looks like the true number one dominant ace type of pitcher. Um, and, and I think he believes that now. And I think that that is a big difference with when you have that type of stuff uh, and you have the, the pitchers that he's executing. And then you have that, that just exuding confidence in the way that you can execute a pitch and throw it in any count um, and, and know that you're better than the guy that you're facing. I think that's a big deal. And I feel like Severino is in that place right now. So I, I think that Severino is looking forward to this type of match because he knows now that he's the guy for the Yankees. He knows damn well that Chris Sale is the guy for the Red Sox. So it's, you know, mano a mano at that point. And uh, you give me your best, I'll give you mine. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun game. And Seve's been good against the Sox. The only guy that's kind of touched him up is Ben Intendi. Two homers, a 429 batting average. But everyone else is hitting 226 or, or under. Um, or not everyone else. But he's held the rest of the, the Boston lineup to a 226 batting average. Um, we talked earlier about Sanchez struggling. I think Sanchez is going to bust out against Price on Wednesday because he absolutely owns Price. Five for 11 lifetime with four long balls. That's good stuff. I love that. I mean, that's this is the type of game and the type of series that you need a, a guy for Gary Sanchez, uh, like Gary Sanchez, to come out and, and just show that you know he's ready to go. I, I, I think a lot of this is just his timing, and, and he's just off to a slow start. The bat's not going right. Um, it, it's going to come like this. The, it, once he gets his timing down, once he starts to be feeling more comfortable, getting that confidence back in his swing and his approach, you know, we're going to start seeing the ball, you know, hit a lot. Even before the, the home run that he hit, the one home run, uh, we, we started seeing balls hit really hard uh, just before that. So I don't think he's that far off, um, but, you know, hopefully a, a, a date with, uh, with David Price at that point can, uh, can set him right. And it's something you might also see Boone do in that game is get Romine in the lineup as well because he's got good numbers against Price. Uh, so you could get you put Stanton in left field, maybe DH DH um, DH Gary. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be a bad move. Um, get, you want to get more of those bats in there, obviously, uh, right-handed bats against these guys. Uh, and that's another that's another matchup that's going to be fun because Tanaka going up against Price. I mean, those are two. You know, I don't know if you want to say former number one guys, but those are <laughs> no, two two number two guys that are potential number ones. Uh, here's probably a question: else. Who, Who's closer to being uh, a number one or an ace at this very moment, Tanaka or Price? Oh, it's it's Tanaka. Price has had a good start. I mean, Tanaka's start, had a good I'm, start too. But I'm looking at Tanaka uh, from from June 30 on. He's been very good, and he was very he good was in the playoffs. Very so good in the playoffs. Tanaka Tanaka to me has has really regained his form. Um, I, I think it. You know, even in his last outing, even though that that home run to uh, Adam Jones, I mean, he was really good for seven innings. It was a, around this time last year the Yankees went to Fenway and Tanaka had that complete game right. against Boston at Fenway. Yep. And we're like, okay, Tanaka's got a swagger back. Let's go. And that was pretty much the only good start he had in the first couple months of the season. And, and I think these two, these two first, these first two games are going to be very important for the Yankees and having good starts from these two guys. And I feel like these two guys got to walk out there being like, you know, Severino knows he's the ace, but Tanaka also. You're not the only ace around here. Like I'm a guy that's uh, has dominant stuff when I'm when I'm on, and I, I really hope that these two uh, take this upon them to to kind of carry the load because it would be very it would be awesome to see them go deep into a game uh, to to kind of shoulder the load and take the pressure off of that bullpen to give them even more time off because I don't think that would hurt, uh, but to to get them ready to go and then having having a fully loaded bullpen uh, for Thursday because God knows what will happen. Um, Against the, I have a feeling that's going to be a shootout game. But you know, having the bullpen ready to go towards the end of the uh, series is also going to be important. Uh, 
before we get to mailbags, guys, a quick update on the ratings and review in the t-shirt giveaway. We are going to give away another shirt on Monday's episode, April 16th. So that is next Monday. Get your ratings and reviews in this week, and we will pick a winner. We actually had someone, Scott, do you remember this, at the at the pregame ask, is it really that important? How much do ratings really, <laughs> yeah. how much do reviews really help out? Yeah. You guys just bullshitting us? No, they friggin' help out. Yeah, they do. They absolutely help. We, 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 uh, we were talking about it in the bar. Yes, they help quite significantly. Uh, we're, not, we're not full of shit here. This is the, the, literally the way you can help us the most is by telling your friends to, to download and listen to the show and then also to actually give us a, a written review because it's the algorithm within the, uh, the podcast uh, apps, iTunes specifically, that is, uh, is, is, is accumulated by reviews and people who listen to your show. So yeah, it's one of the metrics. We talk about metrics on the show. That's a metric to get us higher in the rankings. So we absolutely appreciate them, every single one of them that come in. You think there's a podcast about podcast metrics? There has yeah. to be. Yes. God, that must be the worst podcast. <laughs> we should. All right. <laughs> we could tell people to listen to it, then they'll believe that it actually does matter. Uh, first mailbag question is from Phantos at Gloom Barrio on Twitter. He says, since Sessa seems to be in the pen, who should start and take uh, CeCe's spot if he can't pitch? So, obviously, CeCe went on the DL. This was submitted before Sabathi went on the DL. Um, but... Sessa and Herman both pitched over the weekend in relief. I think both of those guys could still be lined up to take CC's spot yeah. uh, in the rotation. But um, it's a TBD in Thursday on Boston. I was thinking about what if the Yankees throw Sonny Gray on four days rest since he only pitched 82 pitches on Saturday? I don't think it's as much about the pitch number and what he threw on Saturday, but it is about the routine. And so I don't think they would do that at this point. It's not worth it to get a guy off of off kilter. Even in Boston, biggest series so far of the year. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't what mess. If you're trying. You don't you're mess with the guy. You don't mess with the guy this early. A guy like Sonny Gray. No, hell no. What if you're trying to avoid a sweep? It doesn't matter. What, what if you're going for a sweep? You're, you don't. You don't make an impulsive one decision. One to one, and you're trying to win the, to win no, the series. No, hundred percent no to all of your questions. You don't. You don't make a, a decision like that. An impulsive decision like that. It, see, if Boone does this, if he makes an impulsive decision like that, and a sort of guy like Sonny Gray on four days rest to not get swept by the Red Sox in April, that would be a real problem for me. That would make, that would mean to me that he's making an impulsive decision to 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 throw some, to try to avoid a sweep in April by throwing a guy on four days rest. That would be utterly Sonny ridiculous. Gray, Sonny Gray pickles, slams down Boone's door and says, you put no. me in, damn it. Put yeah. me in. I yeah. am ready to take this. I'm ready to step up for my team, god damn it. Good. I love it. I love it. Uh, no. You sit your ass down and wait to pitch, pitch on your you'll day. pitch in Detroit on yeah. Friday. You will pitch on your day, and, and you will make sure that you are right. If, if Batances doesn't have to learn how to hold pitchers on and just has to worry about his mechanics, well, God damn it, you're going to pitch on every five days rest and you're going to wait your turn. And we're going to throw Sessa or Jaman or both of them. At Actually, the, yeah, that's, that's we, that might We're going to bullpen the hell out of this game on Thursday and, yeah. uh, and then we'll be good. Sessa for three innings, Herman for a couple innings. Let's, let's see what that's honestly might be the best strategy. It's, if it, Sabathia is only going to be. Uh, it, well, I guess ten days. He's probably going to miss two starts, but you could you could bullpen on both of those days with Herman and Sessa. Well, you will definitely expect if one of those guys is starting that you will have somebody available who is a long guy, a longer guy, to go out there and and eat innings because. And, and this better be one of the precautions because you know if, if a guy like Sessa or a guy like Germain is starting that game that there is a possibility and probably a pretty decent possibility that they could get bounced early and you're going to need a guy to go a few innings and eat into that bullpen. 
So that has to be of the mindset. So yeah, they, I have a I have a feeling both of them would be available, but we have to see what happens with Monday and t- or uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. How, however, those games go will determine what happens on Thursday. I don't. Sunday, if that does, if that were a decision that we made, I would really, uh, uh, I would really question Boone's decision making at that point. Honestly, the next question is from Cameron Levy at Levy underscore Cameron on Twitter, and I'm reading this because I think we need to talk Cam off a ledge here. I think he's upset about what happened over the weekend. He says, "What is the point of the Headley trade? His contract would have would have expired after this year, and we didn't use his space acquired to get any free agents." I think it's ironic that you're trying to talk someone off the ledge of a tra- of, a, of a Chase Headley trade. First of all, let me let me it start was, there. Uh, it was a solid thirteen million dollar salary dump. Somehow San Diego took him back, and that is exactly why we got rid of him. It was a salary dump. It's getting them under the luxury tax. We do not need Chase Headley. It allowed them to go out there trade for Brandon Drury. Sign Neil Walker. I'd rather have both of those players than Chase Headley at this point. Cam, listen, man. I know you're upset. It was a bad weekend. Don't, don't go. Think, don't go down the t- Chase Headley. Don't go need. Yeah, a, we don't need dark. Chase Headley back. That that is a bad road to start down. How's how's our boy Chase doing over in San Diego? He's got I the think someone uh, tweeted me he's batting 071. Oh, that's about right. He's a good. He's usually a hot starter. <laughs> um, no, we don't need Headley back. The the entire point of that trade was the dump salary um, and. Brian Mitchell went along for the ride as well. No, they have Neil Walker is essentially the player that, that can go in there and step in and play first base. He's got a, a better bat than Headley does. I'd rather have Neil Walker. Um, and with Drury at third, obviously dealing with the concussion or the uh, the migraine symptoms and migraines and blurry vision and all that, they got a guy Anduar who is stepping in very admirably. And uh, you know a lot of people think is the future at third base. So there's no reason for Chase Headley to be on this team. Next uh, up is from uh, I'll Robert. get the next one for you. you, right. you be, your voice is probably sore, as mine is. Robert Taylor, at RBT underscore Liberty 76. What are the Yankees doing to bolster the bullpen? Uh, it's highly concerning. <laughs> Guys, I still again, think... this is still a ledge. We need to, we need to relax on this. But I yes. still think the pen is going to be one of the strong suits of this team. Okay. And... It's had to work so much. They've thrown 42 innings. Their ERA is not good. It's 489. But that's still in a... I think there's a couple of outliers that are ballooning that ERA. For instance, Holder has a 20.25 ERA. So mm. it's going to be ballooned in certain areas. They've struck out a lot of batters, 63 in 42 innings, and allowed a 219 batting average. We saw guys that were a little bit off settle back in. Um, I thought um, Batances looked really good, actually, in his last two outings over the weekend. No, I, I, he was good. Yeah, he's um, if he if he is if he is right, and I know we haven't seen that in a long time. But if he's right, he's one of the best relief pitchers in the league. He's got the most dominant stuff probably of anybody. That hook when it's on and he can actually locate a fastball, and they're working off of each other. It's like a it's like a ballet. It's beautiful. They're they're so complimentary. They the the batter has no freaking chance when he's on. Nobody the best. Best hitters in baseball don't have a chance when Batances is good because that hook is so devastating. And it's all about location. If he can locate that fastball and then drop a hook on you, he's one of the best, uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball. So we're seeing better Batances now. I think what people are looking at is saying, well, the Yankees blew a lead on uh, – they blew a lead Sunday. They blew uh, – they blew – Holder just totally effed the game up on – Holder blew a lot of leads over the past week. It's been a lot of – on Friday. 
Yeah. Uh, Green was very uncharacteristic on Thursday night. You remember after Tanaka came out of the game, Green yes. came in and and actually gave up even more runs. It was I think it was the first runs that Green gave up all season. Some so, of the first like we hadn't seen Green look that bad ever. That was what I was calling. I couldn't believe that on Twitter. I, I tweeted that I can't believe that Boone left Holder in the bullpen at that point. Why would you bring in Green? <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. So like it, weird weird shit has happened. Yeah. No. I, and again, I think. When, especially the cold weather, I think, affects pitchers because you you literally can't feel the ball as well when your hands are cold. That's why there's so many foreign substances trying to go in. People are trying to grip a ball. Well, when you're when you're in the, the in the winter or when the the um, temperature, if I could talk, is below forty degrees, your hands. Uh, you can't grip the ball as well. It's harder to get the same bite on a ball. It's harder to get the same release points and your fingertips are frozen. So I- I'm giving some people a pass. Maybe I shouldn't, but I am. I, no. I-, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's all that. Ser- I think these guys will be fine. Yes. If we're talking, having the same mailbag question a- asked to us in a month or a month and a half, then I think we have a problem. Yes. But I think the biggest thing is these starters need to go deeper in ball games. I know some of it was injuries. Sabathia left in the fourth inning because of an injury. But Montgomery didn't go deep. Sonny Gray has not gone that deep in either of his starts. They need to go deep in ballgames or else your middle relief gets exposed. That's what happens on every team. No one has a good fifth inning guy. Because if he was a good fifth inning guy, he wouldn't be pitching in the frickin' fifth inning. Well, I mean, you could say that, but you're also looking at the the, the names on the, uh, on the in the bullpen that the Yankees have. They have all those enough guys... With a quality guy that would pitch in the fifth inning too. I mean, yeah, when you're getting to the last rotation, the last bullpen spot with a guy like Kyle Holder, then you're, then that's Jonathan. the one guy, Jonathan Holder. What did I say, Kyle Holder? He's the shortstop Kyle's in the, the, in the system. Um, but when you have Jonathan Holder there and he's not pitching well, then yeah. But everybody else is a name that we all trust. Hold on. So, is has Kyle been taking Jonathan's spot, and that's why he sucks? So maybe, bad? maybe it is. Maybe when they they had the. Um, the graphic for Billy McKinney in right field, and it was Aaron Judge. Maybe everybody got confused that Aaron Kyle Holder was up pitching for Jonathan Holder. And we have a ball that we're going to use as a giveaway for Jonathan Holder that we didn't – we oh man, we, we really should have given that ball away really early in the season because I don't yeah. think we could give it away at this point. That's, that's mean. I'll just, He's you know, still a professional honestly, baseball player, I'm just going to tell Scott. people it's Kyle Holder. <laughs> Signed by both of them. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It might be Kyle. It might be Jonathan. That's yeah. the mystery of it all. It is a big mystery. Oh, boy. We're getting loopy. It's been a long weekend. All right. Let's finish up these two mailbag questions. Michael says, please get rid of the strike zone box during the telecast. It is annoying and unnecessary. Are you uh, on the get rid of the strike zone box game? That's a new yes edition. Yes. The new the, the yes network has a new box. So if we're talking about these boxes in general, yeah, I think they're dumb and annoying and I hate them. I really do. If you have to have a box up there, the one that Yes put up there is probably the best of all of them because you can barely see it. It's faint. Yes. Uh, it's not that bad. I didn't think it was. it's terrible, but maybe I'm just used to the really bad ones. So that's like dangling something that's terrible when you want someone to eat the you know something that's not as bad. It doesn't. When you set your expectations to a bad place, then you throw out this thing, then you're okay with it. I think that's where I am. I don't like it in general, um, but I think it, it's the uh, lesser of all evils. I don't like it because it ends up just annoying you in the sense that if you're like, oh, that ball was on the corner, yeah. but the ump didn't call it. And it's like, in reality, the strike zone is not a perfect science still. It's still being called by the eye of the umpire. Right. So why do you have a box that is telling me to the center meter where it is being pitched? I don't need it. It, it Maybe it's a, a casual fan type deal. Maybe just like the pace of play. Oh, pace of play. We got to make the game six minutes shorter. We got to we gotta put the strike zone box on there. So the, the, the regular Joe Schmo watches on Tuesday night. Who knows, but 
I don't need it. I wish I, you could turn it off, like like the SAP yeah. button. You know, right. you, you want to watch that would be a great cast in Spanish. Here, you want to watch this uh, broadcast like you're like you're a baseball newbie. Click the button and watch the strike zone. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Actually, that's uh, that's that's next level thinking right there. I like that. I think that's uh, that's one of those things that you should absolutely be able to do. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that makes you yell at people more. <laughs> it maybe it keeps Twitter alive. Maybe Twitter is paying for the box because uh, yeah. that's where everybody complains about it. I don't think I don't think it, the, you know ever what? a lack of complaining on Twitter. Uh, if I were Twitter, I would sponsor the Strike Zone box. That's what I would do if I were Twitter. <laughs> it would be a genius marketing move. That's that not one's bad. that one is free. Instead of instead of a little circle where the ball went, just a little a little Tweety Bird. Yeah, we want to you want to get pace of play. You want to we let, make the commercials shorter. Sponsor the uh, the strike zone box. Sponsor everything. Uh, final thing is from a couple people tweeted us about standing in booed. Uh, I want to just call them out. Philip Palmer ninety on Twitter, and then at Ricky underscore Barber said, "Should should fans stop booing Stan?" No, I mean, a fan should do whatever they want. I'm of the I'm of the thinking that if a fan is going into a stadium, is paying money to go and watch the team uh, that they like, and uh, as long as they're doing it within the realm of being a you know a, a decent human being and not acting like a complete animal um, and doing bad things around kids, like that's when I start getting annoyed with people. I have no problem with you booing somebody for not performing up to the standards that you think they should do. It's fine. It's your right as a fan. It's your right as a paid uh, uh, spectator for the sport. No, I don't have a problem with it. Stan has been bad. He even so bad. said he even said they should boo me. I'm bad right now. So boo him a little bit. It's like I don't personally boo unless you're like it's a rod. Like a rod's a bad guy. I boo a rod because he's a bad guy. But that's I don't boo that often. I really don't. I don't boo. My, I have no I problem with people Yankees. doing it. It's their prerogative. I'm in the stadium. I don't boo Yankees. I, boo, I don't either. I boo opposing players. No problem. Yes, yeah, but yeah, I listen, definitely yell at other players and, and boo other players for sure. My own guys. I don't do it. But at the same time, I just don't. I feel like it's a personal thing. Like if you want to boo someone, you should freaking boo them if you want. I think it was ridiculous. He got boos on the home opener. Like yes. he did strike out five times, but. Come on, guys. It's still game one. Chill out. But this has now been a whole entire week of Stanton striking out. You want to boo because he left more guys on base in extra innings on Sunday. Boo the shit out of him. He deserved it. Do I think he's fragile? No. I think he's going to get over it. And I think next time he comes to Yankee Stadium, he's probably going to hit a 500 home run, 500 foot home run in everyone's face. And then they're going to give up and give him, give him a Stanton ovation because that's what Yankees fans do. You hit home runs. You perform on the field. They will cheer you. Case in point, Didi Gregorius. Yeah, I mean, Didi wasn't getting booed. Didi could have been booed after. Uh, I'm sure there were boo birds uh, uh, in the in the first game or two if he struck out after Jeter. I don't remember, but I'm sure there were. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. You start performing, and we love you. You don't hit. You don't perform well when you come over and you're new and you have all these expectations for being, you know, uh, literally the MVP of the National League, and you don't do that. Yeah, some people are gonna boo you. He doesn't care. And no, nobody, if he doesn't care, nobody should care. All right. Hopefully we uh, got some people through a tough Monday morning. Hopefully that they've, they've vented now. They, they've, they've relieved some stress and we can just move on to the Boston series. We do have voicemails to end this episode. I think it's going to be fun because I think you're going to get a wide range of emotions because these voicemails are dating back to opening day. And we're going so in sequential be, order, so it's going to be a, a roller coaster of emotions. There's going to be a lot of stuff in here. If you guys want to call the voicemail line, it's 646-480-0342. As we said last week, 
every Monday show or most Monday shows, if we have good voicemails, will be on that, that episode. We're also going to be doing mailbags on the Monday episodes. So get your questions in. Tweet us at Yankees Podcast. You can post it in the Facebook group. Just search the Bronx Pinstripe Show and join that group. Or you can go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. Scott, you've had a busy weekend. We've all had a busy weekend. Any last words? Yeah, I have a couple things. I want to I wanna give a shout out to uh, a, a bunch of people that came out. I had some just awesome conversations, really, really just good people. Um, this, this Yankees BP crew family that we're building is awesome. Uh, I love seeing people that have come back. I had some really like, long conversations with a bunch of people too. Uh, people are coming back for their second, third event. I love that. Tell your friends, bring more people out because that's how this thing gets good. Everybody starts getting to know everybody. Um, we're all sitting in, in, in similar seats. Like that's when things get great. Uh, specifically, I need to call out one person or two people. Uh, first one is, is, uh, Ken. Ken is a big fan, has come to events before, probably the loudest guy in the group. Gonna be, <laughs> we're going to get him involved more for leading the, the pack as far as chants and, and yelling. He got a Nationals kid kicked out for wearing a Nationals jersey. It was hilarious. Who shows up to an uh, Orioles-Yankees game in a Strasburg jersey? Utterly ridiculous. You, should, you shouldn't even be letting the stadium. But shout out to Ken, um, and then shout out to uh, our guy Danny, who came over from the UK, from London, um, and uh, we, we hung out with him too after the game. Um, a lot of fun, really, really good time, and I know that he left a voicemail. He's the the uh, the guy that you've heard before, Pandemonium in the Bronx. He's the one who uh, the infamous voicemail, and I know he left one after today's game. I haven't even heard it yet, but I'm sure it's good. So again, just thank you for everybody coming out. I hope uh, hope to see you again on May 26th. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yes, a big thank you, like Scott said to everybody. I had a blast. Scott had a blast. I hope everyone else did. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. <laughs> Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Holy shit. Stanton is a monster. I thought he was going to have a great season, but to open up with two? And how fitting that he hits a second home run off of Mr. Home Run himself, Tyler Clifford. Let's go Yankees. It's going to be a great season, boys. Wow. All I can say is let's go fucking Yankees. All right? I'm, I'm glad you guys are letting me call in here. Let me tell you something about Stan's debut. Stan's our DH mainly. All right? He's going to have a lot of time in between the bats. Just go downstairs, hit balls off the tee, and just really focus in on the pitcher and hone in on each pitch. I mean, it's no question and no wonder why he hit two home runs. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. I'm so excited for this year. I can't wait for the playoffs. I was there last year, and this year it's going to be even more crazy. Um, just, I'm just going to try to remember everything I can about this year as it goes. All right, guys, thanks. Go Yanks. So now Hicks is on the DL, too. Same case for cast of characters every year. Hicks, Ellsbury, Bird, all in DL. Mr. Glassman, great. Hey, what a great first game, though. Stanton, go Yankees. <laughs> John Carlo is a goddamn cheat code. His inside out is a laser to right center to walk on Why would you pitch to the bases loaded, 
You want the bases loaded on a righty-to-righty matchup to a guy with a bum shoulder to pitch to a switch hitter who's been hot all fucking series. I got my 80-year-old grandmother sitting next to me cursing you out on Sunday. That's how pathetic that move was. This is going to be a long season if you keep pulling that shit. Fuck you and your analytics. Andrew from Mouse Kitchen. You know, the bullpen is better than what it showed today. I actually think this bullpen will bounce back. Aaron Boone, though, I really have no fucking idea if he'll bounce back. Uh, yeah, so just a friendly reminder to anybody in right field, or really anybody who's sitting fucking in the outfield, if the ball is over the wall, fucking grab that shit. Don't fucking back away like a pansy. Fucking grab it. Jesus, how fucking stupid. You should be banned from the goddamn stadium. Jesus, fuck. Look, man, I'm from Texas, and I love y'all. I'm right in the middle of Astro country. I can't stand these people around here. Yo, Yankees, y'all are tearing it up, man. Let's keep it going all year long. We gotta take them Astros out and let them know who the little bitty baby of the American League is and who the daddy is. 27, baby, let's go. Hey, guys. Uh, not saying that's just because of the game tonight. Kind of a thought I've had the whole time here. Is Didi sort of an underrated MVP candidate on this team? I mean, I know Judge Stanton and Sanchez are all going to get there at any point, but Didi has shown he can be a 30, 35 homer guy. Maybe if he runs into a few, hits 40 or 40, a little over 40. Just an idea. So, yeah. So, post Didi home run, opening day, delayed. None of it matters. Cannot have an eight-person bullpen that Boone can't manage. Holder can't be there. Seven guys, four-man bench. Be done with this. Well, good win yesterday, but still, we're only five games in, and Aaron Boone's already blown more games than Stormy Daniels. He better figure it out with the bullpen. If I see Jonathan Holder come in one more time, when the rest of the bullpen is rested in a tight game, I'm gonna fucking lose it. Figure it the fuck out, Boone. Go Yanks. What's up? This is Dan from Philly. I just want to say that I'm completely on board and there is no way we should lose a single game to the Rays this entire season. Woo! Go Yanks! Hey, what's up? It's Joe from Florida. Nice to see that they didn't have the Winter Olympics again at Yankee Stadium today. Beautiful win. El Kraken, home run, Stanton with a home run, he made up the 0 for 5. And uh, Judge, man, it's like to see him get a crack. So uh, Yankees are looking good, man. Debbie, beautiful, seven innings. Let's go Yankees. Hey, guys. Rachel here from Jersey, Atlantic City, South Jersey. I'm listening to the game, and uh, I hear John Sterling saying, Miguel, on two yards. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, which one is it? Andrew Jar, Andrew Jar. I mean, if you say it in, in Spanish, how you, how you should really say it is Miguel Andujar. Andujar. So, peace out, guys. Boys, what's up? It's Mike in Nashville. I keep listening to John Sterling calling Giancarlo's damn home run. Every time I hear it, it sounds like he's having a stroke. Oh, it's just a minor stroke, but a stroke nonetheless. I don't understand why he can't just go with Giancarlo with the home run shot. 
Andre from Texas. I've been driving from Austin to Dallas all night long, left my house at 6 p.m., still listening to the, to the game, to John and Susan uh, at the bottom of the whatever inning that is. Shreve just struck out uh, Rasmus. Let's go Yankees, let's go Andujar. I know he's going to hit a home run to finish this stupid game now. Let's go Yankees. So it's 12.25. And I'm fucking so up watching this fucking game. What a fucking game from 1 to fucking 14. Oh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about this fucking John Holder. It's, it's everything. It's everything. It's a Saturday morning, watching it from Friday at 7 p.m. and it's 12.30 a.m. on a Saturday. You all know what I'm talking about. Fuck. Hi, I would like to clarify from my further comment where I said fuck this. I truly meant it. It is a Saturday morning and I am watching the... Everyone knows, fuck this. Hi, I would like to follow up from my previous fuck this. Um, it's April 7th and I'm watching a game from April 6th. And I think we all know what I'm fucking talking about, so fuck this. This is painful. This has just been a painful fucking week. Oh, there it is again. Fuck this. Hey guys, Brock here. Look, I'm not going to comment on the team because we know they're just going to be, they're going to be fine. They're not really hitting right now. Bullpen hiccups, but they're going to be fine. I'd rather address a different issue. John. for your home run call, okay? Yeah, it can go something like this. Um, Stanton builds one to left, and she's gone! Giancarlo, Stanton deliver! Oh, Giancarlo, you're a star, bro! Hello, there is Danny from England. Uh, thanks for a great day yesterday when the Yankees uh, showed a bit of uh, character on one today. As we say back home, complete and utter bollocks. What a load of tripe. It's a 5-0 lead, gets flushed away, then the base is loaded in the 12th and they blow it. Standard, unbelievable. The trophy heats up along with the weather. Uh, yesterday was freezing cold, but it's totally tropical compared to today. Never mind, it's been a great day. Enjoyed uh, visiting uh, and seeing Scott, Andrews and uh, the crew. Absolutely brilliant. See you again soon, folks. Bye-bye now. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.